You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. everybody and welcome to episode 47 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Jonna Smith, and today I am going to be talking through tips for growing peppers. It's a very well-timed podcast episode because it is mid-May or about mid-May by the time this episode airs. And some of you have actually reached out to me on Instagram and Facebook asking me about pepper growing tips. So I know that if you haven't reached out to me, you might be having some of those same questions. So I'm hopeful that these pepper growing tips are helpful for you. So that's what we're talking about today. But first, a word from our sponsor. So I am really excited about this episode because I have had my fair share of problems when it comes to growing peppers. There was a lot, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of trial and error um, that has gone into learning how to grow peppers. For me, for whatever reason, these plants, it just did not come easily. So if you're growing peppers for the first time this year, or if you have grown peppers in the past and you've experienced sort of lackluster results, hopefully these tips in this episode are going to help you. So my first tip for growing peppers And I think this is the most important thing to know, is that peppers need a long, warm growing season. So they need at least four months of warm weather. And this is why they're so often imported from places like California and Mexico, where you can pretty much grow peppers year round almost. And A lot of people fail to realize how important this is because you can get away with growing other warm weather crops like tomatoes in a shorter growing season. But if you live sort of further north or way further south um, and you have a much shorter growing season, you're going to have a hard time growing peppers of any kind, whether they're bell peppers, chili peppers, doesn't really matter. When you think about it, I plant my peppers out in May and they don't really start putting out a whole lot of fruit until mid to late August. I also plant out my tomatoes in May and they start fruiting sometime around late June. That's like a whole six to eight weeks before I see my first pepper. So it's a long time, you guys. Um, So if you don't have a growing season that is at least you know, four months of good, long, warm weather days, then you're going to want to look for pepper varieties that mature in more like 50 to 60 days rather than 80 to 90 days. I personally don't have any experience growing those varieties because I haven't needed to. So unfortunately, I can't recommend certain varieties that mature that quickly, but I do know that they exist out there. You can also try buying seedlings instead of trying to start from seed, that can also cut down on the time needed in the garden because typically when you buy seedlings, they're a decent amount larger um, than the ones that you start from seed at home. 
My second tip for growing peppers is that pepper seeds do not have to have light to germinate. So I'm mentioning this because it's something that I've struggled with in my quest to grow really great peppers. I have read in some places that pepper seeds need light to germinate, but the back of the pepper seed packet always says to bury them a quarter inch deep. So like what gives, right? Well, I have tried both. And I have to say that burying them a quarter of an inch deep has given me much better germination rates. If I had to guess, I would say it's because keeping the seeds buried keeps them from drying out and getting too cool during germination. Um, Both things that can stop germination in its tracks. Like even if germination has started, if if either one of those things happens, it'll stop and the seedling or the seed will die. And that kind of leads me to my next tip, tip number three, which would be that peppers like heat right from the start. Um, This is also something that I had to learn the hard way. So my first few attempts at growing peppers from seeds, I just could not get them off to a good enough start that they were strong enough that they would make it once I'd planted them outside. They were small and scrawny and really, really slow growing. And what finally worked is I invested in a seedling mat. It is the only thing, seriously, the only thing that I start from seed that I feel like I need a seedling mat for. So if you're not really big on growing peppers, I grow like four to six different kinds of peppers depending on the season. So I feel like it's worth it for me. Um, And I have a link to the seedling mat that I use in the sister post for this episode. And you can find the link to that in the show notes. But A seedling mat is just going to help you get the soil temperature for your pepper seeds to where it needs to be because the soil temperature needs to be somewhere between 80 and 90 degrees for those pepper seeds to germinate the most successfully. That is really warm, you guys. I mean, probably none of us keep our houses that warm uh, unless we live in like zone eight or something like that, like Texas or California or the south and our houses just kind of like naturally get that warm. Um, I start my seeds in an unfinished basement, I think I've mentioned before. So of course I was having a hard time germinating my pepper seeds when, you know, my soil temperature was more like 65 degrees. So yeah, a seedling mat is really going to benefit you if you are wanting to grow pepper seeds. And keep in mind, a seedling mat is not the same thing as a heating pad. Heating pads like what you would put on like sore muscles or on your abdomen if you have cramps, they get way too hot and they're not designed to be plugged in for hours at a time like you would do for a seedling mat. A seedling mat, on the other hand, it only raises the soil temperature to like at most 20 degrees higher than than room temperature. Um, so it's much, much lower heat and it is safe to be kept plugged in for you know as long as you have your lights on because I I plug my seedling mat into the same digital timer switch as I have my lights plugged into. Now you can get pepper seeds to germinate at lower temperatures than you know 80-90 degrees but they're going to germinate more slowly they're going to grow more slowly and they're and they might not get off get off to as strong of a start. Also, once they've germinated, I keep my pepper seedlings under a tent of painter's plastic. This is actually something that I started doing by mistake. My husband and I were going on a vacation and we had turned the thermostat way down. It was early spring, like late March, early April, and I was worried that the plants would get 
to cool. And so I tinted painter's plastic over the fluorescent light because fluorescent lights don't give off a whole lot of heat. And so it's so it's safe to do that. And it created the perfect cozy little nursery for them. And when we got back from a 10-day vacation, I was astonished to find like the biggest pepper seedlings I'd ever managed to grow up to that point. So that is something that I have started doing. Um, even though I start them inside, I kind of try to create a little miniature greenhouse environment for them. Tip number four would be don't plant peppers out too early. So from germination all the way till when you plant them outside, you want to make sure you're keeping things warm. You want to make sure that you don't plant them out until the soil has warmed to at least 70 degrees and the nighttime temperatures don't really go much lower than 60 degrees. So this makes raised beds ideal for growing peppers in containers, large containers as well, because the soil in raised beds and containers is going to warm much, much faster than in ground soil. Definitely do not plant your peppers out if temperatures are getting down into like the 40 degree zone. I still, I'm not able to plant my peppers out yet because we actually have forecasted lows to get down into like the high 30s this weekend. So I am not going to be planting my peppers out anytime soon. And you should not harden plants, pepper plants off in the cold. I don't even set my seedlings out in the sun on days below 60 degrees. Too much cold early on is going to stunt your pepper plants and a freeze, even a light freeze, is going to just absolutely kill your pepper plants. I've tried before to see if they can kind of like ride it out, but in the next day, like those pepper plants were were just black and wilted over. So if you're hit by a surprise cold snap, cover your pepper plants with garden fabric. You can also use the same painter's plastic that I mentioned that you can kind of like tent over your seedlings. That's going to trap the heat from the ground. Just know that if you use painter's plastic, you need to make sure you remove it the first thing in you when you wake up the next day or the sun's going to come up and your pepper plants are going to fry under that plastic. My next tip would be that growing peppers requires a lot of water. This is something else I struggled with when learning how to grow peppers because most plants will be happy with about an inch of water per week, maybe like one to two inches of water a week when things get really, really hot out. Like I've said, it gets like over 100 degrees Fahrenheit where I live at the height of summer. But pepper plants, they want more like two to three inches of water per week when it's that hot out, which is a lot, honestly. And when they don't get enough water, you'll often see them dropping blossoms, even after those blossoms have started to set fruit. Um, I have a picture of that in the sister post to this episode up on my blog at beanbasil.com. It's really, it's a big bummer, but it's a good opportunity to kind of reevaluate your watering habits when you start seeing that happening. I have a tendency to water my peppers more than anything else in the garden at the height of summer. And That brings me to my next tip, tip number six for growing peppers, which is that it can actually get too hot for peppers. Even though peppers like things warm, they do best when outside temperatures are between 70 to 85 or 90 degrees. So most of us, the thermometer, you know, outside doesn't stop there. It keeps right on climbing up above 100 degrees for some of us. 
And unfortunately, temperatures this hot can also lead to blossom drop on pepper plants. So what can you do with that? You can give your pepper plants some shade. So you can either set up a canopy using poles and garden or landscaping fabric because pepper fruit, peppers, um, the fruit that you harvest can actually get sun scald if, if it's too hot and they're getting too much sun. So using a canopy can help with that. Or you can plant a companion plant nearby that is taller and kind of gives those those pepper plants some shade. So a few years ago, I grew pea pods and I let them just sort of like flop down over the tomato cages that my pepper plants grow in. And it created like a natural canopy for those pepper plants so that in the afternoon they got just a little bit of shade. And they actually, those are some of the best bell pepper plant results that I've ever gotten, was um, giving them a little bit of shade in the summertime. So in addition to a lot of water and not too much heat, pepper plants need a lot of food. Any plant that puts out a lot of crunchy, juicy fruit is going to be a heavy feeder and, and pepper plants are no exception. Once they start to set fruit, once they start to set blossoms and set fruit, they will benefit from feeding with compost or composted manure. Don't feed them a whole bunch of nitrogen at once. So if you're not practicing all organic gardening, I'm not here to judge you. You know, if you use chemical fertilizers, that is your choice for your garden and I, I will just say that if you feed your pepper plants a whole bunch of nitrogen at once, you're going to create plants that are really, really leafy, but then they don't give a whole lot of fruit. And that is often the case with just about any fruiting plant in the vegetable garden is if you give it too much nitrogen at once, the leaves are going to go bonkers, but the fruit is is really going to be disappointing the amount of fruit that you harvest um so make sure that you're using you know a slow release form of nitrogen so if you're going organic that's going to be something like compost composted manure worm castings and then if you're not using organic fertilizer you just want to make sure that you know somewhere on the package it says something about slow release you can also try spraying your plants with a foliar spray so foliar sounds like foliage which means leaves so foliar spray means a leaf spray and typically what I do is I mix epsom salt not like fancy smelly bath salts um, just like plain old epsom salt which you get in the pharmacy with like the hydrogen peroxide and the rubbing alcohol and stuff like that i mix two tablespoons of that per gallon and then sometimes i'll also put some liquid kelp in there so the epsom salt has a whole bunch of magnesium pepper plants like that additional boost of magnesium it helps with setting fruit and then also the additional nitrogen that liquid kelp provides. So that's like a really nice way to kind of occasionally give your pepper plants doses of additional nutrients is with, with a foliar spray using Epsom salt and liquid kelp. Tip number eight would be to harvest your peppers often or the production of fruit will slow way down because plants have 
one goal in life. They have one goal and that is to reproduce. They don't care about setting out fruit at a sustainable pace for your kitchen and like when you can use it. So make sure that you're picking peppers as often as you can. Otherwise the plant will be like, oh, my job's done. I don't need to produce fruit anymore. And the prepper production will slow way down. Now, if you're growing bell peppers or other peppers like jalapenos that are capable from going green to red and getting sweeter as they turn red, it's fine to wait around on a few of those. Just make sure that you're not waiting around for like all of them and you're not leaving all of them on the plant. Make sure you pick some green ones from time to time to keep the plant producing at a high enough level that it doesn't, you know, think that its job is done and slow way down in terms of fruit production. Finally, tip number nine, most pepper plants will produce until the first frost. I have successfully gotten bell pepper and jalapeno pepper plants to produce all the way up until the first frost of the season, which for me is usually in mid to late October. And the nice thing is, no matter how big they are, peppers taste the same. They generally have the same heat level. So if you have a frost forecast make sure that that afternoon, that evening when you get home from work, you go out and you pick all of the peppers, no matter what size they are, off of the plants. I've I've tried to like let the frost come and just see if those peppers on those plants will just hang on a little bit longer. They don't. Even, even a light frost at 32 degrees is still going to kill that plant and the fruit is going to be mushy. So it's best to just pick it off even if it's teeny tiny and bring it in and that way you can use every little bit of it. I do have a storage tip. A lot of times, well pretty much every year since I've started growing peppers, I will have a whole bunch of them on the plants that I have to pick all at once because the first frost is coming and I can't use them all up that quickly. So I will freeze them. Bell peppers and jalapenos especially, I tend to use in things like rice casseroles and sautés in the wintertime. So texture isn't really an issue if I'm sautéing them, right? So it doesn't matter if I freeze them and once they thaw, they're they're kind of mushy. So what I will do is I will dice them or for bell peppers, I will kind of cut them into strips and then I vacuum freeze them. I have the link to the vacuum food sealer in the sister post on my blog that that I have and I've been really happy with. It just, you know, sucking all the additional air out of there keeps things from getting freezer burned keeps kind of like saves space in your freezer honestly and just helps things be a little bit more efficient if i have a whole lot of cayenne peppers or poblano peppers i will actually dry those dehydrate those and make my own cayenne pepper my own chili powder and then with my banana peppers i will pickle them and can them so That's just kind of what I do with all of my kind of horde of peppers that I bring in at the end of the season before frost. Right now when I'm recording this episode, it's actually May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, so I'm making some carnitas in the slow cooker, and I, for that, actually used some frozen jalapenos from last season, so works out pretty well. But 
that is it for today. Hopefully all of those tips are going to turn you into master pepper growers and that you are going to have so few problems this season because you listened to this episode and you're going to keep all that information in mind as you go to grow your peppers. Next episode, I am going to be talking about the best flowers to grow in a vegetable garden. So We've talked a little bit about companion planting before, and I have mentioned, I think, one or two flowers in that companion planting episode of the podcast, but I'm going to go a little bit deeper into a bunch more flowers that are beneficial to grow in your garden, not just for companion planting purposes, but also for the purposes of attracting beneficial insects. So, That's what's on deck for the next episode. But until then, thank you so very much for listening. I hope your garden is growing beautifully no matter how big it is or where it's at. And I will talk to you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.